This is episode number 167 with Lee Cockerell. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. Excited about today's guest. His name is Mr. Lee Cockerell. And for those who have not heard of Lee, he is the former executive vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resorts. And as a senior operating executive for 10 years, Lee led a team of 40,000 cast members and was responsible for the operations of 20 resort hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, a shopping and entertainment village, and the ESPN Sports and Recreation Complex, in addition to many other things. Here is a true leader who has experienced so much in his lifetime And I can't even fathom what it'd be like managing 40,000 people, but we dive into this topic of leadership and productivity and time management and how to hire the right people so that you can actually scale your business and have one of the most successful businesses there is out there um, as an example, Walt Disney World Resorts. So without further ado, I want to dive into this one with the one and only Lee Cockerell. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit u.s restaurants and gas stations that's the powerful backing of american express Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We have a living legend on today. His name is Mr. Lee Cockerell. How's it going, Lee? Hey, it's good. Good to be with you. We're very excited. Now, uh, as a former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World, where you were managing over 50,000 people, at one time. That's a pretty impressive. I've never met anyone who's managed that many people before. So I'm excited to dive into how you did this, the emotions that it took probably to manage that and um, all the lessons you learned along the way. So very excited. How did it become about that you actually got hired to work uh, as executive vice president 
for Walt Disney World? Well, I started out in the hotel business back at Hilton back in 1965 at the Washington Hilton in D.C. That's the one where Reagan got shot that afternoon. Wow. And I worked there for Hilton for eight years in Washington, Chicago, the Waldorf Astoria in New York, Los Angeles. And then I went to Marriott in uh, 1973, worked for Marriott for 17 years and kind of became an expert in food and beverage. Then I got recruited by Disney in 1990 to go open the food and beverage operations in France. And then after that, they brought me back to Orlando and I was head of all the resort hotels for about three years. And then they put me in charge of all the operations uh, in 1997. And I did that for 10 years. So that was a quick, wow. quick career, quick career, 10 years. Yeah. What what was it like managing 40,000 employees? Well, you know, it's pretty easy, actually, when you think about it. I just had a great team around me. I think a lot of people think about the big number, but I had anywhere from six to 14 direct reports over those 10 years, and I had experts, and they took care of their piece of the business. I let them do their job, and I focused on what I could do best, which was making sure we were hiring the right people, promoting the right people, training, and getting the culture right so everybody woke up in the morning excited to come to work at Disney. And when I did those three things and they did their job, everything worked out just fine. And, and everyone was happy, yeah. yeah. Would you say it was actually probably easier to manage 40,000 people with that structure in place than it would be to manage a hundred people yourself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> really? <laughs> so you'd much rather manage 40,000 people than to say, I've got 50 or a hundred to manage in a, like a smaller company or something. Yeah. You know, and also I think I had the advantage of when you worked for Disney, you can really hire the best people out there in the world. You can pay them, you can take care of them. They want to be there, uh, really high caliber, high quality leaders and managers and have a lot of technical skill too. So sometimes when you're a small business and I, you know, it's just harder to get people to move over to you or to take that chance or although there are a lot of entrepreneurs today that are out there doing it and, and having a lot of success with it. So yeah. Right. You know, Disney's known, I think for their incredible customer service, and was that something that you went into it knowing like from the, uh, the hotel and resort uh, world going into it saying, you know, I'm going to take this to another level or was it more maintaining that service already? No, I knew we could take it to a new level. I think that's one thing I would tell all your listeners is uh, raise your expectations. No matter how good you are, can you be better? And that's how I think about things every day is we can be even if you're great can you be greater <laughs> you know mm. if you're if you're in good shape can you be in better shape and, sure. uh, i think that's the key to companies like disney and apple you know, they never are happy they uh, want it to be better and they're always pushing and uh, so i would say that was the key to taking a culture that was already world famous and moving it up because the times change you know young people today are different than they were in the 60s and 70s yeah and you got to really uh, manage and lead them a different way and they want responsibility and they want to be involved and they want to be listened to and they want their opinion to count and that wasn't the case back in the 1950s 60s 70s you kind of did what your boss said and kept your mouth shut so right we you didn't have an opinion then right <laughs> yeah keep your opinion to yourself <laughs> <laughs> Right. So what are some um, of the customer service principles that you had and still have today and that you talk about for people taking it to that next level? Well, I think if you want to have a great organization, you know, you got to decide. You want to be average? Yeah, average people are easy to find. You want to be good? Good people are but not quite as easy. But if you want to be great, you got to start out. Number one, the most important thing anybody does in business is who they hire. And you got to be careful. I say hire slow and fire fast when you make a mistake. You know, right. uh, we hire too fast. Uh, 
Uh, we don't fire people that don't do their job. We get stuck with them. And if you got a little small company of 30 or 40 people, you can have 10 or 12 people that are just kind of barely coming in and just want a paycheck, you got a problem. So I'd say the number one thing is really get good at hiring. And I work on that a lot about what kind of questions to ask, what to listen for, how to uh, understand what the potential of a person is with their attitude, can-do attitude, passion, and then we can teach them the skill level. So what's would you say that having a positive attitude and their passion is more important than their their resume and skill level and experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you know there's only one of those three that you can train, and that's skill. You cannot change right. somebody's a can't do attitude, you're not gonna change them. And if they're not passionate, you're not gonna I don't care how much you spend time with them and talk to them and threaten them and you're not going to do it. People are wired the way they are. So we got to start hiring the right people instead of trying to think we can fix them. You can't fix them. I tried to fix my wife for 25 years. It didn't work out too well. <laughs> so is it still working out? Oh yeah. We've been married 47 years coming up and it's working just fine. Cause I quit trying to change her and she got better immediately. So wow. <laughs> change there your, you as, as we tell people, the only person you can change is you, not somebody else. Yeah. Wow. So what are some of the questions? If Let's say there's an entrepreneur listening who's trying to hire someone. Maybe they've got a five to 25 employees and they're, you're, you know, every hire matters at this point. Obviously, every level it matters. But what are the, you know, three to four most important questions they should be asking and also be listening for in their responses? I think if any of them get a chance, they ought to look in my book, The Customer Rules. It's rule number nine of how to hire. I work with a lady, Carol Quinn, and we've been working on this for three or four years of how to develop questions with obstacles in them. We found out that people who know how to overcome obstacles from little ones to really big ones are your best performers. And how many obstacles do we all have every day from traffic to getting our kids to school to uh, something happening that we don't expect to uh, all kinds of things, guests that are not happy? And so we develop, depending on the job, if it was a salesperson, we'd have different questions than we might have for a retail person. So we try to figure out five or six good, strong questions about that job. So maybe a retail, you might ask somebody, tell me about a specific time you had to deal with an irate customer in your last job. Mm -hmm. And what you want to listen for is what they did and what was the outcome. And, you know, people who really go all the way, they can talk about it all day long, how much they would take. And the people who don't, you know, they can talk to you about 30 seconds and they have no more story to tell you. And really, if you can figure out overcoming obstacles, is the name of the game, really, in life, you know, people who, you know, you know them, I know them, people who no matter what you give them, they make it happen. And then there's other people. I always said the people who come to work on time and the ones who come late come on the same interstate. But the ones coming late say it's the traffic. It's not the traffic. The can-do people leave earlier. I mean, they know right. they know there's traffic every day, and it's just a matter of how you think. And we are, we just work hard at Disney and making sure we're hiring. When we screen people uh, up front, you have to go on the Internet and answer 136 questions about yourself. Oh we want to understand. But even before we'll interview you, we want to stamina, high energy. Are you positive? Do you have discipline? Are you going to be to work on time? Uh, these are things that are really important at Disney, and uh, so we have a screening process we worked with Gallup on to screen people and see if they can get through that. Then they get to go over the casting center and fill out an application. A lot of people don't get through it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So would you say that customer support is one of the crucial ingredients to a successful business then? Oh, I think it's everything. You know, at the end of the day, everything's a commodity now. I don't care what business you're in, whether you're giving, right. giving speeches like me 
or there are a lot of people giving speeches, or there's a thousand restaurants to eat in, there's a million movie theaters, and you can buy every different kind of car you want. But at the end of the day, it's how you treat people. Uh, do they trust you? I would say is even the bigger deal. Do they trust mm -hmm. you? And do you show respect for your customers in a way that you'll go all the way? You're so committed to taking care of them. They know. You know, we get that feeling when we know somebody's taking care of us, you know, and it's really different than somebody who's just, oh, my God, I wish I hadn't come in today. I hate this job. Uh, right. I, I wish it was 5 o'clock. I want to go home now. I don't like my boss. I don't like nothing. You know, I was born unhappy and I'm still unhappy. That's right. <laughs> and so that's the key. Customer service, name of the game. Yeah. And do you feel like when you were at Disney and, and uh, when you were there, is it more important to make the customer feel special or to make the employee feel special? You know, we, we put a formula together at Disney back in the 90s to change the culture at Disney. And we said the customer does not come first. Leadership comes first. got to put the right leaders in place who know how to lead people, who know how to show respect and know how to make people feel important and uh, treat them as individuals and and uh, get the bigotry out of their style right. and uh, that are willing to train and develop their people. And when you do that, you create an environment where the cast members want to do a good job. They don't have to do it for the paycheck. They want to do it there. And that's right. when you make people feel that way. And then they take care of the customer. And that's how you do it. If you got sure. bad leaders, it's never going to happen. If they got if you got managers and leaders who don't treat you well and they don't even know your last name and they don't they don't know your aspirations, they don't help you get ahead, you're never going to get there. Right, right. What would you say are a couple things that, you know, a, a small business or an entrepreneur could do to increase their customer support? What's something that's unique that would be maybe simple to implement, but create a, that lasting, you know, Disney feel good result for their customer as well. You know, I think one thing is perception and first impressions and to make sure that when somebody walks up to your store or do, calls you on the phone that, I mean, you answer that phone with such high energy. It sounds like you're, you know, you're, you're it's your grandmother calling. You're so excited to hear from her <laughs> and, um, and make sure your parking lot's clean and the bushes are healthy and the windows are nice and clean. You walk in and everybody's professional and they look professional and they snap too. You know, I just think first impressions are, have a lot to do with everything. So, sure. so often we don't have that happening and people need to be aware of that. I think the key is they need to think think like they're putting on a Broadway show. The curtain opens when they open in the morning and they have it all ready to put on an excellent, perfect, consistent show every day. Mm, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. You've got a you got a new book out called Time Management Magic and it's all about optimizing your time and your time management. Yeah. What are what are some uh some of the, the key principles from that book on how to manage your time and optimize your time for the greatest result because there's a lot of busy entrepreneurs out there right now who are scatterbrained they're you know got a million things open on their computer at once they've got a million different ideas in their head how does how do that what are some a few key principles to managing your time key principle for me is for everybody to sit back and think about where they spend their time where they should be spending it where they're not spending it and why they're not spending it there some things that waste your time are hiring the wrong people other things that waste your time are not training your people another thing that wastes your time is not holding them accountable and enforcing the training uh, you let them get away with it. You let them come to work late. Next thing you know, it goes from bad to worse. And uh, so I think every day I sit down for 10, 15 minutes at Starbucks and I think about what I'm going to work on today, tomorrow, this weekend. I pencil them in my day planner. And just I think taking a little time every morning, 10, 15, 20 minutes and think about, you know, it's like going on a trip. 
where are you going today? <laughs> what are you going right, to get right, done? Right. And make that list. And when you're not in a meeting, you look at that list and you get them done, you check them off. And that, I've been doing, I've been teaching this seminar for 35 years. And let me tell you what, I'm getting notes every day from people who've read that book. They've gone out and bought a planner. They're not trying to do it on their phone because the phone doesn't work for task lists like it should. Right. And they're getting the instant results. And even when a guy told me this morning, he said he had a cast member who was uh, didn't believe in herself very much. She was kind of low self-esteem. And she got herself a planner, and she started making a list. And she said just that feeling of accomplishment, of checking it off, has already uh -huh. seen, we've seen a change in her because she was insecure. You know, there's a lot coming at you today in life, in business and personal lives and marriage and all kinds of things. And so I would say planning time, uh, think about, I think about three things every day. And I think the average person doesn't know what they should be thinking about. I think about myself first, my health, taking care of myself so I can take care of my family, number two. And number right. three, I think about uh, my finances and my business and mm. friends and Facebook and golf and all this other stuff has to fall by the wayside. If I get those three things done every day, then I can go play golf. But mm. I, I, I really zero it down to not, I would tell them a lot of them are dealing with non-performers, get rid of these people. So you yeah. have, you don't, you know, you don't have to be sitting down talking to them every day or you have to open the store cause they didn't show up or, you know, a lot, a lot of the problems we create for ourselves. I said in my book, you know, the average person's not overworked. They're underorganized. They have no mm. discipline because they've never had a course on it. They've mm. never taken a course in high school or college. Nobody takes a course in time management. And it's probably the most important thing you need in your life. You know, as they said, you know, knowledge without implementation is pretty useless. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, why is health so important to you? And do you, do you feel like if we're not focusing on our health, that we actually can't be as focused on our customer and building our business to the level we want it to be? Oh, absolutely. Because my wife told me, she said, Lee, your number one goal is to take care of yourself so you can take care of us. Mm. And you know, when you think about it, if I don't take care of myself, I don't have high energy. You know, I'm 71 years old now. I weigh exactly what I weighed when I got out of the army 50 years ago. Wow. Exactly. One Congratulations. Eight, one eight, oh, I still wear the <laughs> tuxedo I bought 30 years ago. Wow. So it saves you money and clothes too. But let me, there you go. <laughs> you got to have high energy today. Life's stressful. I mean, yeah. and if you lose your health, let me tell you, it'll be the number one regret you have. Number one. What are you, what are the, some of the things that you do for your physical health and mental and emotional health as well? Well, I get all my physicals right on time. I schedule them either six months apart or a year apart, depending on what it is. And, uh, I walk five to six miles a day, even, oh, wow. in, even in my house when I'm on the phone. And I have a strength trainer that I had one this morning. I have it on Tuesdays and Fridays, and I do strength training so that I don't fall and break a hip one day. And I'm telling you, I'm stronger than 99% uh, of the 20-year-olds. I mean, I'm strong. Wow. I'm fit. I, I can pick up my 12-foot ladder and bring it in and put it up. And, and uh, you know, it's just it's just really so important because if you don't have your health, what do you have? I mean, really, you want to sit in a wheelchair yeah. after you fall and break your hip and have to have hip replacement when you're 72. I don't, I'm going to fall down, but I'm going to get up. So that's right. <laughs> what do you feel like having, you know, your health at the, you know, the peak level that you have it at your age does for your productivity, your time management and your confidence? 
oh, there's no question about, you know, they uh, just having high energy. You know, you ever had those days when you get more done because you wake up in the morning, you just feel terrific. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you ever had those days when you had too many beers or too many wines and you woke up and you didn't get anything done? <laughs> exactly. And you sit looking out the window and you can't think. And and I think uh, also exercise, getting that blood pumping through your brain, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it will keep Alzheimer's away or dementia or uh, – and uh, and keep working. I would say be careful about retiring. Let me tell you, I still give speeches mm. and I don't use any notes. And I told somebody the day I have to use notes, that's probably the day I should quit. Because if, <laughs> if I can't remember what I was going to say anymore, it's going to be a problem. So wow, health is Very just cool. really at the end of the day. If you don't have your health, you're just you don't have much left. What's uh What's some other part of your daily habits or rituals? Uh, do you meditate in the morning or do you? Do you do anything else to get your day going? No, I get up every morning at 6 o'clock. I go to Starbucks at 6.30. I stay there one hour, usually 6.30, 7.30. I read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal because I'm looking for trying to keep current when I'm giving speeches about oil business and about prices and the euro and because all that matters when you're out there giving a talk about leadership and management. And I'm looking for new stories, new leadership stories, new management stories. I meet with people that want to meet with me. So anybody says, could I meet with you, Leah? I says, sure. Come to Starbucks at 7. And wow. I met with a guy this morning. He just bought uh, 10 of my time management books and he wanted them. And he came and I spent half hour talking to him and we had a good chat and he went off. And so I, I kind of got that time blocked out. So every morning I don't have to tell people I can't meet with you. I'm not available. Uh, right. Then I That's come cool. home and whatever I need to work on my work. When I'm writing a book, I write from uh, eight o'clock to 10 or 1030 every day until I get done. So in a couple of months, I knock it out. And actually, I wrote my time management book in 30 days out in California last summer. Wow. I got up every morning, wrote for two and a half hours. You know, when you get, when you write for 60, 70 hours, you got a book. <laughs> there you go. Where in California were you? In Carmel. I rent a house there every summer, right on the beach. And it inspires me to oh, be in the cool. right place to uh, get there, to think. And mm. I try not to write more than a couple hours because you get brain dead after a while. And uh, sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I like routine. I think routine is important for people. You know, I think uh, parents who really work hard at getting home for dinner are going to have better behaved children. I think, you know, getting to the soccer game is going to matter. So, you don't someday regret that you didn't spend more time with your kids or your health or, you know, regrets are pretty tough. So, Part of time management is thinking about what should I be working on now that won't pay off for 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Sure. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And it's a concept. And I put all that in the book. And uh, yeah. And on this Thrive 15, which you mentioned earlier, too, I did uh, 42 videos on Thrive15.com. And I just did six more on time management, which will be online shortly. And this website is terrific. I tell you, even if you're listeners, I think they gave me a new code for you today that if they go in and use the promotion code GREATNESS2, the number two, they can use it for 30 days free. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place 
place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I like it. And what what is Thrive 15? Can you explain it a little? Yeah, Thrive is it's a learning site. We work with David Robinson. He used to play with San Antonio Spurs and a bunch of other leaders, bankers, fra franchising, marketing, PR, all these experts. We got together and we all did videos, on 15-minute videos on what we're experts at. And every five minutes, a video stops. If you want to watch one on how to hire better, you can watch it. And every 15, every five minutes, it stops and gives you a test. A multiple choice mm -hmm. test. And if you uh, get it right, you get points and you compete with people around the world. And we got about 33 countries involved right now. And uh, you get scores. You know, and young generation today, they're very comfortable doing things online. They can, sure. you know, after dinner at my son's house, everybody goes their own direction with their own device. Nobody watches the 48 inch TV anymore but the dog. So, <laughs> you know. And uh, so it's pretty exciting, and it's really well done. They used three cameras, and they filmed it for three days. And I just I talked about things people are trying to learn: how to hire, how to fire, how to improve customer service, how to raise your expectations, just all of those things. And then there's people on there that have done one: how to franchise, how to rent space for your business. Uh, there's a lawyer on there that talks about legal advice. Uh, just a, David Robinson did like 21 videos on how to handle a crisis. Uh, leadership, uh, you know, all the things, peer pressure. We did one on peer pressure for teenagers, you know, thinking about, hey, don't fall for peer pressure. That's how you get in trouble. And, sure. And so it's just a very interesting site that, and I think it's probably, it's going to be the way of learning because how much, really, when you think about it, how much do we learn every day by going on and Googling something or looking it up or watching a video or a podcast like yours? Sure, sure. Almost I'm, everything. And your listeners, they listen to these and they learn something. Exactly. So yeah. it's pretty cool.
we'll have that linked up on the site and the the code for free is greatness two is that right correct okay cool i'll have that linked up i want to ask you a couple questions about leadership because i know you wrote the book you know disney asked you to write a book on leadership it's called creating magic and i think you said you sold two hundred fifty thousand copies so far yeah. in the last in the last few years which is incredible um what are the, some of the you know maybe the two or three of the top common leadership strategies that you learned while at Disney or you applied there? Well, I think uh, the most important one is strategy number one in the book. And the title of it is, remember, everyone is important. And I think this is not done well in American business. The guy cleaning the bathrooms, the guy in the parking lot, uh, the housekeeper making up rooms. And this chapter really deals with making sure you're the kind of leader who shows respect to everyone. And here's how you do it. And we got about 10 or 12 techniques in there to show, send the message to your people that they are important. And uh, if you can get that one right, your life works out pretty well. And uh, then I think uh, strategy three is make your people your brand. This is all about how to hire the right people. Don't make a mistake. Get the right people. Promote the right people. Uh, strategy four is create magic through training. I mean, the value, when you think about it, what do parents worry about? Their children, safety and training, education. Hmm. And that's one of the two. Uh, strategy six is learn the truth. Telling leaders, you better get out there and learn the truth or you won't be able to make good decisions if you don't know what's going on. And you got to have comfortable relationships with your people so they'll tell you the truth and they'll help you run the business. And sure. so, so there's a lot. There's one on appreciation, recognition, and encouragement. And it's called burn the free fuel. We all don't do that enough. We have opportunities every day to thank people and appreciate them, and we let it get by. And uh, let me tell you, when you show appreciation, recognition, encouragement, people perform better. Sure. Yeah. So it's, what's what's yeah. what's something you can, what's something you can do to uh, facilitate that process of appreciation and uh, acknowledgement? I think when you're thinking every morning, you ought to think about it. When you get into work every day, before you go in and turn your computer on, walk around your office and say hello to everyone and ask them how their mother's doing in the hospital and how was the soccer game last night and tell them how much you appreciate the good job they're doing if they just did a project for you. And I try to think I, – I got in the habit now that – my goal, in, and I wasn't always this way. I was a terrorist in my early career. You know, I was, I didn't treat people very well, but I really came around over the years and understood that if you don't show pe respect to people and make them feel good about themselves and build their self-confidence and build their self-esteem, they're not going to give you 150%. Mm. And, uh, we know that, you know, with your, with children, we always tell them how much we love them. Why? Because we want them to feel safe and appreciated and loved and, uh, and, uh, now I tell my wife every day I love her. That way she won't leave. <laughs> but you just think about it every day, the chances you have to say something nice to somebody or to mention it to somebody or write a little text to somebody telling them how much you appreciate them being on your team. Or sure. It's just powerful. I mean, it's unbelievable. It turns people on. It's a very strong fuel that drives human performance, mm -hmm. and it's way underused. Right. What would you say if you had to attribute uh, one thing to your success, what would that be? Well, I don't have a college degree. I dropped out of college after two years because I was too dumb to get through college. So <laughs> I was the most likely not to succeed. But my mother was married five times. I grew up on a farm. We were very poor. She started marrying better guys. So number four and five had money. And uh, so I got to go to college. But I will tell you what made me uh, successful in my life. I know what it was. It's I have a very positive attitude. There's nothing you don't give me I won't get done. I'll, I, I won't disappoint you. I'll get it done with a smile. You'll never see that look on my face. 
I will figure it out one way or another. I will finish it. Positive attitude, and I'm organized. I'm disciplined. Every boss I had knew when they gave me something, it was done. They didn't have to follow up. Now, so I think uh, having good reliability and keeping your promises and having a good attitude can really take you a long way in your life. Mm, I like that. Now, what are you most grateful for in your life recently, Lee? Well, I'm grateful for my health. <laughs> I'm grateful for my wife. Uh, she almost died in 08 and 09. I had to take care of her for two years. I ended up with depression, had to get treated. And we all got through it. And everybody's fine now. And uh, our whole family lives in Orlando. My three grandkids, my son, his wife, our mother, my mother-in-law lived here until she died last year. And I just think the most grateful for me is having a family. It's really stability. St stay. I don't know how I would have got through that depression without my family. I mean, it was pretty tough uh, trying to take care of my wife for almost two years till she got better. And uh, wow. it was one, you know, I used to think about depressed people. I used to say, what's their problem? Boy, did I find, huh. I found out what their problem was. I needed medication and I had to go see a psychiatrist. And I tell you, when you have your health, that's why I talk about it. I, it was the most miserable two years of my life. I, I didn't care about anything. And finally, I asked the psychiatrist, he turned me around and got me on a medication called Cymbalta and, you know, literally and two months I was back on my feet and everything's fine today and uh, I just can't I know there's a lot of people out in the world going through depression and I tell them go see a psychiatrist an MD because most men don't go women go in for help men don't go and I uh, I'm I think uh, I'm the happiest about I wake up in the morning and try to figure out how I can help people versus make their life miserable they already got enough problems they don't need to make it make worse so right. I'm now become I'm not the boss anymore I'm a teacher and I love teaching I like that. That's very cool. Or right, what was the most influential book that you read, you know, growing up that you'd recommend to people? Yeah, well, uh, I think the one that struck me the most and turned me around in my own leadership was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm -hmm. People. Yeah, That really hit me right between the eyes. It was the first person that came out with all those kinds of thinking and how to be a better person and how to really focus on seven simple things. And I, I still have that book, and it uh, really impacted me. And so that was one. The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker also affected me pretty big time, where he talks about how to spend more time with your people without an agenda, just talking, and how things will come out if you spend three or four hours with them instead of 15 minutes. Hmm. So that was an interesting one. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I like that. I guess Bambi when I was little. <laughs> very, cool, very cool and the lion king i love that story you know uh, yeah. adversity sure yeah that's a great one uh well i got a couple questions left for you um one of them is i've been asking this to a lot of my guests lately and i would just like to hear the responses you know in many 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 years from now decades from now it's your last day and you have all your books are are gone everything you've ever written has been removed from time for whatever reason it just got deleted and you had a piece of paper and a pen, and you got to write down three truths, the three truths that you know about life that you've learned throughout your entire life. Uh, what would those three truths be? Well, one I know for sure is that you can either leave a legacy or not. Mm. And the way you leave a legacy is you help other people. Because when you help other people, they never forget it. You may forget it, but they'll make 10 years from now. And uh, that issue of what you teach others, they teach others. You know, I know that saying, you know, what you teach your children, they teach their children. So a hundred years from now, I could still be having impact. Don't underestimate the influence of your own, own behavior. I think the average person 
underestimates the impact they have on other people. Role modeling is like everything. And so I think about those things of what am I doing that, you know, if I'm dead 100 years from now, somebody could look up and say, well, this guy helped my great-grandfather. And he, my grandfather wrote about it, and I wrote about it, and I wrote about it. You know, you, you think about it, all the famous leaders in history, we still talk about them. They've been dead for hundreds of years, 50 years, yeah. 150 years. And if you do good things, and if you do bad things, you'll be remembered too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think about that. I want to... You know, somebody asked me the other day, what is one word I'd use to uh, summarize my life at this point? I said, complete. I feel really complete right now. Uh, just because I had a great career and then I've had a great uh, kind of my own business for nine years. And, and yeah. they say there's three ways to leave a legacy. You can write a book, have a baby, or plant a tree. So uh, <laughs> I've uh, got to go plant a tree. <laughs> I have a good like son that. and I have three good books and uh I haven't planted a tree yet, so. <laughs> that, that's your next task this week. Yeah, the tree will be there long after you're gone. There you go. Okay. So that that's truth number one, right? Yeah, I think, you know, that's one. I think it's kind of one, two, or three in there. But I think gotcha. uh, when you think about it, uh, the truth is you do make a difference. You do. Mm. And if you don't believe in yourself, people are not going to believe in you. And that's what leadership's all about. I would say one truth I know is you have to do the hard things if you want life to turn out right. You have to have the hard discussions. You have to uh, exercise. That's hard. It's easy to lay on the couch. It's hard. To, you have to save your money so you can retire. It's easy to spend it. It's easy to get in debt. It's easy not to have the conversations with somebody not performing. It's easy not to d discipline your children. Do the hard things in your life and you'll have a better life. And I would tell everybody every morning you should wake up and say, okay, what am I going to do that's hard this week that I don't want to do? Wow. I wish it would go away. I don't want to have that conversation. And every day, every time I go to my trainer, I hate it because <laughs> <laughs> this guy works me like he, he makes me do those last two moves, which I don't believe personally I can do, but he encourages me and I finish them. Mm -hmm. So do hard things, leave a legacy, uh, use your influence for good. We can all be nicer. You know, when I wrote my second book, I asked my granddaughter, I said, Mario, what do you think is the most important rule in customer service? And she said, Pappy, the first rule is be nice to people. Hmm. You know, be nice. That's it. I and like know? it. And that I think we could all be a little nicer. Sure. And we can learn to let it go. That's from that song in Frozen. Let it go, let it go, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, those are some things that, uh, you know, they're not things that you think about when you're young. You think about making money and getting a company car and stock options and having a big house and blah, blah, blah. And let me tell you, as you get older, if those, you look at those things, they mean nothing. Mm. They mean nothing. Yeah. And uh, so people really got to think about how they spend their time so they don't have regrets. I love those answers. And uh, I want to. I've got one final question for you, but before I uh, ask that, I want to acknowledge you, Lee, for for leaving an incredible legacy and still leave and still living the legacy by serving and teaching so many people from what you've created. You know, with Disney World and all the other places you were in leadership, it's amazing to see what your influence has created in the world from you know a customer support standpoint, but also teaching so many other leaders and entrepreneurs how to have a successful business and life and family. So thank you for all the work that you've done in the world to make it a better place. Thank you for saying so. I appreciate it. And uh, the final question, it's what I ask all my guests at the end, is what's your definition of greatness? 
Yeah, I think greatness for me is uh, that you have the right attitude about you can always be better. You know, don't don't settle in. And uh, I'm in great shape now, but I'm going to see if I can get in better shape. I'm, you know, I have a good relationship with my wife. I need to move it up to even greater. <laughs> mm. You know, it's just don't don't settle. And I say when you have a roadblock in your life, pick yourself up. I'm going to write the next book. It's going to be about how to manage your career when it goes down. You get fired, passed over. Uh, those kinds of things, and I think uh, that's what people have got to got to be thinking about. Uh, we can all we we can all be better, and it's never too late to get better. Might be the right final comment. Mm. Lee Cockrell, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. There you have it, guys. Thank you again so much for coming on today and listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, we've got all the links and info and resources back on the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 167. You can learn how to connect with Lee over there. Check out all of his books and resources. Again, lewishouse.com slash 167. Also, for those who are looking to get the resources and the playlist for School of Greatness podcast music, I've been getting a lot of emails lately and questions about where do you get this music? Is there a playlist? And yes, we do have a playlist. The episode is at lewishouse.com slash 167. We'll have a link of where you can get the playlist over on that episode show notes. So again, go to lewishouse.com slash 167 to get the information for the playlist. I think you guys are going to like it. And um, yeah, I'm excited. We got some big guests coming up, huge people coming up, talking about some incredible things, all about helping you achieve your own greatness. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Make sure to share it with your friends online. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.